0: The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now.
1: You know, I, I typically, it's, it's funny when people say, well, I don't understand, you, you, you host a gambling show. Yeah, I host a gambling show, but it's I understand that gambling is a part of sport, right? So, you know, what, what's, what, what's happening right now? What's hot? What's, uh, you know, what's, what's, what's the buzz? The buzz is the NBA free agency. It's, it's, it's bananas, especially here in our own backyard. Uh, when it comes to the Nets, uh, you know, where's Katie going to go? What's going to happen with Kyrie? What, th- everybody's blaming Kyrie. By the way, we're going to have Nick Friedle, who does a phenomenal job covering all things NBA for ESPN. He's going to be joining us at uh, at 1030 tonight. So excited to get him on the show. David Berriman always joins us uh, on a full show on Friday. We're talking golf, getting you ready for the uh, John Deere Um, tournament heading into the weekend, uh, hopefully helping people win some money. And also we'll take a look ahead to uh, the open as uh, the folks across the pond don't like that. It's called the British open. No, no, no. It is the open baby. So we'll do that with David Behrman coming your way at 11 PM. And then Lee Sterling from Paramount sports is going to join us uh, later on in the second hour as well with a plethora of plays from Uh, There's a lot going on this weekend. Like like this is supposed to be like the dog days of summer, which by the way, I I just got back from the dog park about an hour ago and I'm I'm still perspiring. Um, It is hot out there. Uh, It is no joke tonight, Uh, but nonetheless uh, you've got UFC 276. um, You've got the USFL championship that's taking place. uh, Birmingham going up against Philadelphia. Um, and, and of course, uh, NFL futures right now, I'm going to dive into a few of those this show in the next two hours. And of course, NBA futures. So even though it's a gambling show, it's, uh, it's, it's more than that because what we do is we take the hot topics and we tee them up and we discuss them in a way that entails gambling. And, and that's what we like to do. So by the way, producing the show is Jacob and Todd gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. How are you doing?
2: Doing great to start off this Fourth uh, of July weekend, Anita. How about yourself? Any big plans?
1: No, Tom. You and I are working like every show together this weekend.
2: Well, well, I mean after the show, you know, you could do something after the show. Maybe go really? to a barbecue or something like that. Uh,
1: no, no, I'm just, i It's, it's work in the dog park. Work in the dog park. Work in the dog park. I want to say, and and listen, hey, I'm not. This is, I'm not complaining. This is not a complaint. But I want to say. I'm, I'm probably, I think this is like my 12th straight day, uh, working, which is fine. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. It's not, a, I, 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 I went to the dog park with a friend of mine tonight and, um, and she said to me, she's like, you look a little tired. I'm like, well, I, have I've been working a lot. I said, but I love what I do. I love when you love what you do. Is it really work? Right. When you love what you do, is it really work? Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah it's, it's, it's work and it's, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination, you know, like a lot of preparation and, you know, you always want to get it right. And that takes a lot of research and what have you, but you know, again, when you love what you do, it's, um, it's, 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 it's it's enjoyable, but anyway, enough of that. Um, so, uh, but which by the way, okay, really quick before we start talking sports, because you said something like barbecue, here's my thing. And I'm curious, and I want to hear from both you and Jacob on this. Mm-hmm. I can't eat when I'm hot. Like, if, I'm, if, if I am at all perspiring, if I am at all feeling, like, temperature hot, like, oh, man, it's, like, I, I, I have no desire to eat anything. I don't know how people eat when it's 95 degrees out at a barbecue. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't understand.
2: I get that, but also I try to eat like the coolest thing possible. Potato salad, like, you know, things like that or fruit because I tend to get hot very quickly. But also on the flip side, I do get cold quickly too. So it's no winning with me. I can't Okay,
1: uh, but I can eat when I can eat when I'm cold. Um, I have no problem I have no problem eating when I'm cold. I just I can't
2: eat I don't know. That's that's kinda weird. So
1: so so to answer your question, Tom, I, I, I don't go to barbecues. Cause I don't enjoy them
2: for that very reason, because Uh, yeah, I just, I can't,
1: it's too hot. I can't, I I can't, I I just can't. It's just, it's too hot and don't get like, listen, it's one thing if I'm like, like today I went for a five mile run. It was like 95 degrees out. I'm from Miami. Like it is, it's what I do. It's in my element. Like that's home for me. Like, but that's, I'm exercising, right? Like I, I can't. I just I don't know I, I I can't go somewhere to an event where I'm gonna be miserably hot and sweating and perspiring and and trying to pretend like I'm having a good time. Wait, so how anyway,
2: do, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. So <laughs> what? What were you gonna say? I'm just gonna ask you how did you last so long in Miami if it, it was just like you can't eat? In I Miami. didn't go to
1: barbecues in Miami.
2: No hanging out, no rooftops, nothing like that.
1: Um, uh, well, okay. So, so a very interesting. So. So, typically, when you go out in Miami, you typically would go out, like, on South Beach. You'd go out somewhere where you were near the water. So, even though, and at night, it actually, like, the breeze off the water. Windy. Yeah, you're right. It's really, it's, it's really windy. So, I, I would never, like, uh, there were very few nights where, you like, you go out in Miami and you're, like, miserable. Because, especially if you're going out, like, near South Beach or somewhere where it, the water is. Because you've got this, like, unbelievable breeze coming off the ocean. Does that make sense? How do we get here? That makes sense. We're, like... I don't know. We're eight, we're eight minutes into it. We're eight minutes into a gambling show and we're talking about like, you know, <laughs> uh, <sounds> like like, <laughs> sweating at barbecues. Uh, let's 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 get into it again. Um, it is a gambling show, but obviously the most important uh, topic that's happening right now is, is NBA free agency. And so we're, we're, we're going to mesh the two. And I'm really excited to have Nick Friedel, who's going to join us uh, in about 20 minutes as well. So gentlemen and, and, you know, Jacob, I know you were with me. It was you and you, you, me and Jake yesterday. It was fun. I was in, I was hosting the uh, the Friday, um, well, the Thursday, right? This is Friday, the Thursday 7 p.m. show. And it, we were an hour into free agency and it was just like, it was bananas. It was a wild carpet ride. We had so much fun doing the show. Uh, and and things have settled down today. There's not as many moves or or breaking news like yesterday, but still, you know, the canvas was blank at like four o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday, and by seven o'clock, it it, it got a little bit more clear. It's still, the, the painting is still not complete, but we have an idea of where we're headed, okay? So let's take a look at some of the futures in the futures bets that are out there right now pertaining to the NBA. Right. And right now where it stands, the, the Boston Celtics are the favorite right now to win the championship at plus five fifty. Um, So, and, and they, 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 they added uh, Brogdon to, uh, to from, he comes over from the Pacers. And so what the, Celt- the Celtics haven't lost anyone They've added Brogdon and, and apparently and I'm trying to think and we're gonna have again we're gonna have Nick Fidell on the show a little bit later he was on um he was on uh, a bet digital show with me earlier today, and he was saying that there was there was another player that either the Celtics were eyeing that more than likely is going to join them, and so wh- what's happening is not only do you have the Celtics team that we saw um really challenged the Golden State Warriors to win a championship. But now what are they doing? They are building depth on their roster. So them getting Brogdon is is a really big deal. And so I, I, I do understand why the Boston Celtics at plus 550, especially that was a team they did so well in the postseason. Uh, the chemistry on that team is really healthy, unlike the Nets and, and what that situation is now. Um and and just the experience that they had and how far they went into the postseason last year, so no surprise there that they are favored at plus five fifty to win the championship. Okay, Phoenix Suns are sitting at six to one. Why? Everybody is anticipating Kevin Durant to be traded to the Phoenix Suns, but here's the thing, and we talked about it last night. I'm sure uh, you know Pat talked about it uh, just uh, the, his previous show. Uh, and I'm just going to reiterate everything that we're hearing from a, a variety of of nBA analysts and former executives. Um, the fact that Kevin Durant has a four year deal makes this trade even that much more uh valuable, okay for a team who's going to to get Kevin Durant. why? You're not going to get him for one year where he can opt out. He's going to test the free agent market. He's going to game the system. He's going to want to go play with, you know, some dude that he wants to, he's been wanting to play with. Like, no, who, whoever is trading for Kevin Durant, you've got him for four years. So there's, there's, there's a lot there. There's a there that that's so valuable. So. Even though folks are sitting back and going, wow, the Nets, you know, they're, they're, in, they're in some doggy doo-doo. Like, they're, they're, they've got some big-time issues. This, is just, this, is, this has become a poop show. Thank you very much, Kyrie. But what they can get back and what they should demand to get back um, will be pretty significant. So with that being said, so let's just say hypothetically speaking, it is the Phoenix Suns. So what do they get back? Well, you know, folks are saying, well, they can't get Booker because um, Ben Simmons is on this team. And you you can't have Booker and Simmons on the same team because of uh, whatever contract stipulation they have, okay? And and same thing with BAM, with the Miami Heat. Okay, well, would you rather have Booker or Ben Simmons? We don't even know Ben Simmons is going to play another minute in the NBA. We don't know. I mean, he had back surgery in May, right? But what are you going to get for him? Now, where where the Nets really have an issue is what they gave up for uh, for Harden. You know, like what what you know what they don't really have much in their arsenal, so they've got to a they've got to recoup that. So it's got to be a lot of first round draft picks, right? right. Um, on top of talent that are going to keep them relevant in the East. So. With that being said, the Phoenix Suns are sitting here at 6-1 to one as the second highest favored NBA team to win the championship next year, but whatever team comes knocking or is talking to the Nets for KD, they're going to be losing a lot. They're going to be losing a lot. And one thing that we have realized in this day and age when it comes to the NBA, and that is you need more than just a big three. You need a supporting cast. It's a long season. Dudes get injured. I don't care whatever kind of, you know, load management, rest management, all that, Mm mm-mm. Dudes get injured. And if you don't have the right supporting cast, you're not winning a championship. So I know folks are, right right now, the public money is on the Phoenix Suns, and and also the public money, believe it or not, is on the Lakers at 13 to one. Why? There's some talk and speculation that the Lakers are going to get Kyrie. The Lakers, Brian Winhurst, um, today, while delivering this uh, this this little nugget, had a preg- pregnant pause that was pretty significant. And there's some talk and speculation that the Lakers very well could could go after both Katie and Kyrie. Now, if I'm KD, do I want? If, if I'm any NBA player, do I want Kyrie as my teammate? I absolutely don't. Which, you know, that that's a, that's that's a, that's a whole nother segment, right? Like, why would an organization with the track record that we've seen and and how Kyrie operates, why would any team want him? Well, you're gonna say because he's really freaking good, Anita. Yeah, I know that. But. Is, is, is what he brings to your, your basketball team, does that outweigh all the drama, all the issues that we've seen him execute in Cleveland, in Boston, and now in, in Brooklyn? For me, no. That's how I live my life. Drama-free. At least I try, right? Doesn't always work that way. Drama always seems to seep in somehow, some way, right? But for the most part, at least I try to live it drama-free. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care how great, how sexy, how fantastic. How, uh-uh, drama? Not for me. But there will be teams out there that are gonna want Kyrie services. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's just that. That's wild to me. And Brian Windhurst today said that there, there is a way that the Lakers could land both Katie and Kyrie. And I'm sure LeBron's trying to make that happen. <laughs> and so the majority of the public money right now is flowing on the Suns at 6-1 six, six and the Lakers at 13-1. to one. Where, is, where is my money riding? I'm putting my money on the Boston Celtics at plus 550. I'm putting my money on the LA Clippers at six to one. I'm putting my money on the Golden State Warriors to run it back at six to one. I'm putting my money on the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 650. I'm putting my money on the Philadelphia 76ers. Now they've got PJ Tucker. And still room to make some moves. And oh, by the way, you can get them at 11 to one. And I'm also putting some money on the Atlanta Hawks at 40 to one. I'm putting my money on teams that have maintained their nucleus. They're not in the talks or the discussion to land Katie or Kyrie. They're, 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 they're not out there. The Miami Heat, by the way, 11 to 1. I, I want nothing to do with the Suns. I want nothing to do with the Heat. You absolutely want to stay away from the Nets. And just for, for Knicks fans that are listening right now, uh, Knicks are 150 to 1. They got Brunson! 150 to 1. So, what does that mean for folks that are listening? I, I don't know. Maybe you're driving around in your car, you love 9, 98.7 ESPN, maybe you're not a big gambler. What it means is that for every dollar you put down that the Knicks win the championship next year, you win $150 for every dollar you put down, if they win. If they win.
0: Legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today. Welcome back to
1: Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESP and brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk, believe in your game, believe in your bet, BetMGM Sports. I'll tell you who I believe in. And that's Nick Friedel. He does a phenomenal job covering all things NBA for ESPN and joining us now to break down this crazy, insane, bananas, NBA free agency. Nick, first things first, welcome into the show. Let's dive right into what's going on with the Nets, KD, Kyrie. uh, What is the latest and and what can we expect happening in the next few days as to where you think KD's going to land and Kyrie's going to land?
5: Anita, all signs right now, right now, appear to point to Kevin heading to Phoenix. But it seems like Phoenix is going to have to make a couple corresponding moves to actually make that happen. So if we've learned anything with the Nets through time, and certainly in the last few months, just because you think one thing's going to happen one day doesn't mean it can change the next and everything can get toppled over. But as far as KD goes, it seems that's where he wants to go. It seems that there is certainly mutual interest there. We just have to see what other offers the Nets are getting right now, because with Kevin Durant, who's going to be 34 here in a few months, going his prime, they can shoot for the absolute moon and hope that as they filter through what's happening in the next few days, they find the right move that works for them. Anita, for context, it reminds me a little bit of that Kawhi Leonard situation from a few years ago. Everybody waited for the Kawhi domino to fall, and then everything else happened. I think we're in a similar situation in the moment. As far as Kyrie, the Nets aren't going to do him any favors. They know that his choices and his actions help derail not only this season, but his time in Brooklyn. And they know that in order to – to get the right return back, they've got to wait it out and see what happens. He may want to go to L.A. Good for him as far as the Nets are concerned. They're going to do what is best for them. So I would expect the Durant domino to fall first, and then they'll figure out what happens with Irving.
1: Do you think there's – is there a scenario where the, the Nets trade Kevin Durant to a team that he that, that's outside of Phoenix or Miami to a team that isn't ready to win now? to a team that he might not want to play for, but yet, you know, he's, he's, he's locked in for four years.
5: Anita, could it be outside of Phoenix and Miami? I believe it could. Do I think they would intentionally move him to a team he doesn't want to be on? That would surprise me a little more because the Nets want to put out a, a signal to the rest of the stars in the league, hey, This guy came here. He did everything that was asked of him. There would seem to be at least a pretty solid relationship between KD and Josiah, the Nets owner. When you go through what they've been through the last few years and Durant comes to you and says, hey, (laughs) that's like a a deal. uh, I would think they would try to steer him in the type of direction he would want to go based on that relationship. But only time will tell there. That's going to be more difficult of a sell, though, because if you're trying to get KD to say, all right, I I will go here and and I'll go through all of this. His other leverage, of course, just like Kyrie, but seven times four more years is to say, well, I don't want to play. I don't want to I don't want to go to that place. So uh, that would surprise me if they went that route and really upset him in that regard.
1: You know, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of people are putting money on the Phoenix Suns anticipating him to be there. A lot of people are putting money on the Lakers. Um even though, you know, not not a lot of moves yet, uh, the Lakers have been quite um quiet in free agency, but that's where the public money is 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 flowing right now and and my reaction to that is, hey, listen, whoever is going to trade for Kevin Durant is going to have to give up the kitchen sink. So, uh, you know are, are they going to be in a situation where yeah they might have the big 3 they might have big 2 obviously kd being a part of that but are they going to have the supporting cast to truly win um you know similar to what how we saw the lakers struggle uh, this past season so i'm my my suggestion for people is like let the dust settle first and, and then see what happens. Um, let's switch our attention to what's going on with the Knicks, right? Like last night, late last night, uh, Jalen Brunson says, "Hey, I'm going. I'm going to sign with the Knicks. Four years, a little over one hundred million dollars. Uh, they get their point guard." But my big question here, Nick, is, you know, uh, you know, does does that move the needle? Is is it a wow signing? I I'm still I'm still sitting back and saying, you know, but would would Brunson have the numbers? Would Brunson have um, the the popularity if he didn't play alongside Luka in Dallas this past season? I can't honestly sit here and tell you yes. Curious to get your thoughts on that signing.
5: I mean, I think he's a really solid player, and he has respect throughout the league. But to the point about is, is he going to make people watch, and is he going to be the type of difference maker who is going to generate a bunch more wins, given the supporting cast that's already in place with the Knicks? That would that would be a stretch. I like the fact that the Knicks were aggressive. Obviously, we also have the tea leaves. Rick Brunson comes back on Tibbs' staff. Tibbs has known him forever, dating back to <laughs> even his time when he started with the Bulls, and and Rick was on that staff in Chicago. So uh, there's a a solid, solid relationship there. I just don't know with the way the rest of the roster looks if it's going to make that big of a difference in the win-loss column. Uh,
1: do you feel, uh, you know, and, and also some other news today, Mitch Robinson, of course, the bird rights, uh, you know, he's locked in. So that roster now you're looking at, you know, obviously Ry- Robinson as, as the center, uh, Brunson is the point guard, R.J. Barrett, a lot of a lot of folks here, a lot of Knicks fans want Julius Randle gone. You know, I don't, but, but they do. In, in regard to this roster, does this does this do you think that the makeup of this team and what you envision right now is a team that can make it to the postseason next year? Not to say that they're going to win it, but maybe make it in as as a, a six, seven or eighth seed. I think they can, Nick.
5: I think they can and Anita, you and I have talked for a long time. I am a believer in tips. I have seen him work with rosters that did not have much and he squeezed every ounce of talent that was in there. I know how motivated he is given how poorly the team played last season. I think they can get back to the playoffs, but this is a more layered conversation. Can the Knicks get back to relevance at a level where they're contending again? And right now, even with the moves they made, I think they're still ways away from that.
1: Uh, last thing before I let you go, I love what the Hawks have done. I'm a big DeJounte Murray fan, and the fact that now that he has joined forces um, with Trey Young, to me, is, is really sensational. Um, and from what I understand, he has he's still on like a two-year deal that's not a lot of money, so the Hawks can also make some other money moves here. I, I I just I love the Hawks as a deep sleeper to potentially win next season. Let alone definitely compete in the East. I think they definitely make it into the postseason. Curious to get your thoughts on what the Hawks have done.
5: I really like the move, the Murray move, because I think it complements Trey Young so so nicely. And Anita, if you're the Hawks and you got to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple of years ago, and now you're trying to find your way back uh, to the top of the conference you've got to figure that you have the pieces in place to make some kind of run now it remains to be seen if Trey Young can take the next step in his development and when you're talking about trying to get into the Eastern Conference Finals again and, and push past that threshold that to me is where the degree of difficulty lies because for as good as Young has been he still doesn't impact the game on a lot of other levels (laughs) and shooting it uh, from distance. And and he can be a a pretty good playmaker at times. I'm not going to tell you he's going to set the world on fire defensively ever. But when you have a star and you have a young group in place, it's up to that star to make his own game better and to get all the other guys on that roster to rally around the message that he's selling. I'm curious to see if Trey Young can do that but I do like the moves that they've made to this point.
1: Great stuff as always, Nick. always appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your fourth. Yeah. Enjoy your fourth of July holiday. Uh, Just a pleasure always having you on uh Anita Marks with you you're listening to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 and brought to you by BetMGM Sports enough talk believe in your game believe in your bet BetMGM Sports quick break we come back uh let's open up the phone lines 800-919-3776 do you like the moves that the Knicks had made do you feel that the Knicks are a team that can make it into the postseason next year I do Nick does as well how far can they go Question marks about where Katie and Kyrie are going to land. And do you love what the Hawks have done as much as as Nick and I do as well? So we'll get your calls next right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
3: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: 800-919-3776. Let's go to Tony in New Jersey. Tony, welcome in.
6: Hey, Nita. How
7: are you doing?
1: I'm great. Good evening.
7: Yeah, yeah. I tried to get you last Saturday. I was on, but I, I was holding, but I eventually had to go to work and had to hang up. But I'm sorry. First time calling. I've been listening to your show. I love your energy. Always a great show. You're a lot of fun to listen to, so keep up Thank the you. good work.
1: Thank you, my friend.
7: Now, I think the Knicks picking up Brunson's a good move. I think a couple of things. I think he's in the ilk of a Chris Paul kind of player, and he's been in kind of basketball purgatory in Dallas playing with Luca, who's a ball-dominant, kind of point-forward, all-everything kind of player. And I just don't think he ever got a chance to show you what he could really do at the NBA level. I think he makes the Knicks a significantly smarter team. And if Derrick Rose can come back and and spell him, they'll have a, a backup point guard to keep that ship steady. I think he makes that team 10 to 12 games better, just his presence alone. Um, uh, and I, he's going to be a 2010 guy. He, 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 I've been watching him since college. He can play ball, and he knows how to play the game, and he's going to have an opportunity to be the general on that team. And that's what that Nick team needs. They need a general. They need a heady player, which is something they did not have. They will be significantly smarter team next year with him on the floor. That's all I have.
1: Well, t- Tony, don't don't go anywhere. Just just out of curiosity, because here here's devil's advocate, right? Here's the other side of that that equation, and that is, um, you know, what what first of all, Brunson didn't start didn't start uh, for the Dallas Mavericks until December, right? It, it wasn't until like you know they traded KP and then they they reorganized things, and and Jason Kidd definitely mentored him properly and whatnot, but you know the 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 devil's advocate is well, you know, would he have that much success, and um, especially in the postseason, if it wasn't for for Luca, um, you know, because I'm sure as you know, you sound like you know you you understand basketball better than the average bear, well, you know, obviously Luca demands a lot of attention on the defensive side of the ball, so anyone who's playing around him definitely gets uh, better looks, better opportunities. There's no Luca here with the Knicks.
7: Well, I, I, I just think Jalen, I think he runs better with uh, on the ball guards. See, with Luca, he, he had to play off the ball. And I think part of your question you answered is that he had, once he picked up um, his new coach, uh, you know, somebody who played the point guard position who understood and he could see, he, he, he knew his strengths better than maybe some other coaches. You know, NBA guys, they're looking for flash now. These coaches, they want flash three point shooters. You know they're not looking for for generals and and like they used to back in the day. Where and this is what this kid is, and I think they saw that. Now if you realize, if you remember, he had his best moments I t is when 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 Luca got hurt, and he became the he had the opportunity to be the ball control guy. Um and then when Luca came back, you could see in his body language he just wasn't really happy in that situation because. He is that kind of guy. Could you imagine Chris Paul playing with Luca being an off-ball guy? The guy that has to, you know, go wait in the corner for you to pass him the ball. It would have never worked. Brunson's that kind of guy, more in the ilk of a Chris Paul. In the Nick uniform, he's going to be, he'll get the chance to be that Jason Kidd kind of guard. And I think that's what Jason Kidd saw in him. But, look, Jason Kidd, this was his first year. This was his last year. And I just think Brunson realized that he wasn't going to ever be able to be the best version of himself and play his game playing with Luka because Luca is a ball dominant guard, and 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 Brunson is going to have an opportunity to to be that guy, like a Jason Kidd was, like a uh, Chris Paul is with a young team. He's going to be the, he's going to have that opportunity to stable that, that, similar like what Derek Rose used to do when he would come in off the bench last year he would come in he would read the game and he was able to give those guys what they need cuz you got to get um what's his name off the ball um what's his name everybody hating on right now for the Knicks. Julius Julius Randle yeah you got to get him off the ball you got to get him, get him in his spot get him where he can make quick decisions him coming up and, and it was just a lot of pressure on him remember he made his first all-star team he 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 came out all of a sudden For he goes from nowhere to being the man for the first year in his life. And I just think the pressure of coming back last year and trying to follow up on that and trying to be the man, I just think he put too much pressure on himself. And that's just not him. That's never been his role. And then to think he's going to be able to do that all of a sudden in one year was just too much for him. I just think he comes back with a guy like Brunson, Taking that pressure off of him, he doesn't have to bring the ball up. He's not trying to do everything anymore. Puts him in a better place, too. I like Brunson's game. I think he's going to be a big asset to the Knicks. And I know people talk about defensive liabilities. Well, the NBA today is full of defensive liabilities. I think he's going to be just fine. And I tell you, I think he's going to be a 20-10 and guy.
1: Tony, thanks for the phone call. Uh, Your your mouth to uh, God's ears. Let's go to Brian in West Palm Beach. Brian, welcome in. Good evening.
2: How are you doing? Uh, I want to just, I've been a Knicks fan since the 70s. You know, I grew up with Clyde and stuff. I think what the Knicks need is a guy, and I think I know my basketball really good. You know, I went to Florida State. I played baseball down there. But uh, I, I, I want to see a, a guy like a John Stockton, like a leader. I don't care how many points he scored. They need a, a, a floor, you know, a floor general. And they also need a player like, I, I know it, it sounds weird, but I I love Charles Oakley, and I think the, the Knicks need a guy like Oakley to be up front and just who cares how many points he has. He just boxes out and grabs rebounds, you know, on the offensive and defensive board. So that's what I, I think my, my perfect Knicks team is, to get a player like a Charles Oakley who just plays good defense and pounds the board and have a, a, a player like John Stockton who's just a floor general and who cares how many points they score. What do you think?
1: Brian thanks for the phone call you know with all due respect I just I think it's a, it's a different it's a different day it's a different age um it's a different style of basketball right now in in in, in what you need in, in order to win and um and you know it's 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 all about the three point shooting so um that's that's to, to me that's I I I think that's the elixir um let's go to Terrence Terrence in Brooklyn welcome in
6: Hey, hey, how you doing? It's from the Bronx, Anita. How you doing?
1: I'm great. I'm great. I, I apologize.
6: I, I, oh, no, That's okay. Uh, I want to say I'm not enthusiastic at all about this Brunson thing. Um, I feel like with those, with the draft-paid blunders the Knicks made, they could use those three picks to get Murray and from the Spurs. Murray is a, a much better player. He's cheaper, sixty million, two years they have on that deal. And also, like the guy played under Pop, so you know Pop has developed players and he knows how to he knows he knows like how to how to um you know he he has a guy who's a winner and who and who's a two-way a two-way player. Brunson played played next to Luka. So we know that Luka got all the attention. Then Brunson always goes left, never goes right. The smaller guy doesn't defend and I I I disagree with the caller. Defense is important. Look at what uh Wiggins did to to, to uh, Tatum. Look at what a lot of these a lot of these guys do D.J. Tucker to um, to to Durant, and um, you know I just want to say that I'm not like this guy's now the most the highest paid guy in the team, like you know, and then he's only had one good year. Like it's, I, I just don't, and then he hasn't even started. He started when Luka was out, but I don't think this is a good deal. I think we could have got Murray, you know, we could have used that money to get somebody else. We get it, we got a guy who now does he make us a playoff team? I don't think so. Does, does he make us a, a team that's going towards the championship? I don't think so. My last point, I think the reason why they got this guy is because of the relationship he has with Tibbs mm-hmm. and his father being the coach. And mm-hmm. his father being the coach. That's the reason why.
1: You, you know, and, and a solid call, Terrence. Thank you so much. Um, appreciate it. I, do you know, I, I came across a stat. This is the only player ever in the history of the NBA that has gotten a hundred, if not more, million-dollar deal that never, never made it to an All-Star game. Was never voted, never, never played in an All Star game. First player ever in the history of, of the NBA to get a hundred million dollar, if not more, deal that did not make it to an NBA All Star game. Just throwing that out there. Now, where I do disagree with Terrence is that I, 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 I want to believe. I see. I, I want to be optimistic, and I see that I see the the possibility of this Knicks team making it to the postseason. I see them making I see them competing. We we just sat here, we went through the East um with our producers, Tom and Jacob. And I, I see them as a top eight team. Now what does that do for you? Right? Like, oh okay great. The Knicks make it to the postseason. Do they make it do they win that play in game? Do they make it to the second round? What if they don't? Okay, well they made it to the playoffs. What is that though? What is that? You know, I just, what does that do for you? I call it purgatory. Teams that just always just make it. They're competitive as we get closer to the end of the season. They're in the mix. They've got to win so many games. Certain things have to happen. The stars have to align properly in order for them to get in. And then... They get in and then they're bounced in the first round or they're bounced in the first game. And then what? Okay, well, we had a good season. We made it to the playoffs. We played one game or we played a series and then we got bounced. So then what? Now you're not in the lottery when it comes to the NBA. When it comes to the NFL, you're drafting or you're picking somewhere in between 17 and 25, I call it purgatory and and it's just, you know where you're never great enough to win a championship, but you're never bad enough to be like, get the number one overall pick each and every year, right? Like what's worse, what's worse being in purgatory where every year you're kind of like middle of the road, right? Or just absolutely just sucking, <laughs> and um, and 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 having having the ability and having the capability and having the draft picks of uh, of being able to, uh, to 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 make some noise in when it comes to drafting. Anyway, all right, quick break. We come back. Uh, David Bearman's going to join us. We'll kick off hour two right here on ninety point seven ESPN. So David as as always I like to call him our gatekeeper of all things gambling when it comes to uh espn.com and our gambling site um he controls all the content which is fantastic um, and uh and we've got a golf tournament that's being played right now and in more times than not we have David on the show to to break down um, our, our golf content as well. And it's the John Deere Classic taking place. And right now, JT Poston is at the top of the leaderboard at 15 under. He was six under today. He shot a 62 on Thursday, a 65 today. Um, Data golf has him as a 45% chance of winning this whole damn thing. First in strokes gained total, second uh, as, as well as tee to green, third around the green, seventh off the tee. He very well could go wire to wire. Do you think he does it?
4: I think he does. He started this last week at the Travelers Championship, having a great week there. Got to see him a little bit on Friday, and he's just continuing that this week. And to be honest, Anita, it was almost too much of an obvious play. I saw a lot of people picking him to win this week, and I should have followed suit, but I thought it was, you know, whenever the public is all pounding one guy and you have 156 players in a tournament – a tournament with, with, with not that many good people in the field, I, I kind of didn't think it was going to be as obvious as this. But if he continues playing the way he's playing, um, I, I do see him going on and winning, although I do think Benny McCarthy's playing almost as well. He's second in short uh, shots gained, tee to green. I think he's fourth off the tee. He's playing extremely well, had a great 600 today after a 500 yesterday. And as we saw last week, you know, Xander Shoffley entered the weekend with a five-shot lead, and he was actually losing. At one point, late in the round on Sunday, before Thiago had that, uh, that 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 bunker issue on 18. So we have seen leads disappear before, even with some of the better players on tour. So it, it's by no means over. We still have uh, 36 holes to go on a relatively easy course, but to have JT make some mistakes to have the field come back to him. But I do think if. If I were to pick anybody on this list, I would, you know, I'm not going to say, state the obvious at the second place guy, but I just think Denny McCarthy's playing extremely well and that he could be someone that we could see uh, winning this on Sunday.
1: So, uh, again, JT, uh, 15 under. Datagolf has him, as a 45% likelihood that he's going to win the tournament. You can still bet that right now, tonight, at plus 120. Um, McCarthy is four shots back. He's 11 under. He's second strokes gain total. Fifth strokes gain tee to green. Uh, you could bet him at plus 650. So obviously those odds are a lot better. Datagoff has him as a 10% chance of winning this tournament. Um, another guy that I like is CT Pan. Um, he is nine under. So he might be, you know, he's tied for seventh. Might be a little too far back to, to win this but he's seventh total. He's fifth on approach, and you can bet that he can finish in the top ten at plus four, plus one forty. To finish in the top five is plus three fifty. I kind of like that. Another guy that I'm eyeing here, David, is Emilio Grillo, and um, as we know, one of the best ball strikers on tour so far. The first two rounds, uh, he's plus four uh, in ball striking strokes gained so far in the first two rounds um you can uh he's also third in strokes gain total first in strokes gain off the tee and you could bet a he wins it at 14 to 1 um or you can bet that he'll finish in the top 10 at minus 110 that's another bet that uh, i'm definitely going to be making
4: tonight yeah i do like Grillo. i think uh the, the thing that's always been the mark on him is, is, is putter and he's putted exceptionally well this week and but the fact that he's stroking the ball extremely well, I means even if he slacks off a little bit with the putter, the fact that he's hitting it real well I means he can be in contention. I do like him to finish in the top five at plus 230. I think that's a good one. Um, and, and one of the plays that I gave out earlier in the week, I know we didn't do a column with this event, but I really liked Nick Hardy on the end and, and He struggled yesterday. To, uh, and then today he ripped off six birdies in eight holes. So to get back within contention before bogeying two of the final three, so whereas he's way too far back to win this thing, I do think playing him to get into the top twenty at <clears throat> you know top ten at sixteen to one is probably a little too far out. But I wouldn't be surprised if Hardy was able to get into the top twenty, which I believe right now is about three and a half to one to four to one, depending on what site you use. So I think plus four fifty is not a bad play, and I know he's pretty far down on the leaderboard. Gave a couple of back late today. Uh, but the front nine has proven to be harder than the back nine. He finished on the on the front nine today uh, and, and struggled on holes 7, 8, 9. But I do think he's someone that I would keep an eye on, not to win, but at least to finish in the top 20.
1: David Behrman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's turn our attention to the Open Championship that's going to be taking place uh, in just a few weeks. And uh, right now, Rory at the top favorite at 8-1. Following him is Rom, of course, Scotty Scheffler, JT, Morikawa, Spieth, Fitzpatrick, Lowry, Shoffley, Cam Smith, Willie Zalatoris, who's been incredible this season. Uh, Dustin Johnson, still looking for that, of course, that first win for Willie Z. Dustin Johnson, um, Hovland, Kepka. obviously these dudes who are now part of the LIV, the LIV, the 54 tour, uh, able to play in the open right now and, and, and we'll get into that discussion in just a second. Uh but but just to name a few, these are the guys at the top of uh of you know, the uh the odds board right now. Who are you eyeing coming
4: into this? Well I can tell you that I've made one bet so far and I made it uh earlier today based on a free roll that I had. Um and I took Shane Lowry. He's someone that I took at the US open as well and he didn't contend uh, but I do like Shane Lowry. I think because the conditions that that Shane is very, very good in playing overseas, um, in in Scotland, and I I think this course could set up pretty well for Shane, and you can get him at twenty-two to one. And I wanted to grab him before he plays the Scottish next week, which I also believe he can win, and then his odds drop down to sixteen or fifteen. So he was the first one I played, and I, I like to use those. Bets that I get two or three weeks out on, on a longer shot because you know always take Rory Day off if I want to, and I could always take him, JT, uh, Scheffler Ron, any of those guys as a tournament starting odds aren't going to move too much. So with the free bets that you get two or three weeks out, I like to play them um, on a little bit longer shot. And, you know, it, it worked for me with JT at the PGA. JT was a, a bet that I took uh, three weeks prior at, at longer odds than I mean, he would have been had I waited. Um, I tried it with, with McIlroy and um, Lowry at, at the U.S. Open, and uh, McElroy obviously did a whole lot better than Lowry did, but uh, I threw some coin on Lowry to begin with. The other names that I'm eyeing ahead of studying for this event, I think Colin Mercola, who won the British Open last year, the Open Championship, uh, the way he can hit his irons and, and, and play into these greens, uh, in open link style courses is good for him. We saw how well he played the last couple of events uh, with a lot on the line, and um, don't put a pet match with Patrick to you know the Englishman to go out there and win another one. He proved that he can do it in very very tough conditions uh, in Boston, and and I think this is right up the alley. You know, playing over in the United Kingdom, uh, you can get him at twenty two to one. So those are some names in mind early. Obviously, anybody can play Rory, JT, Rom, Scheffler. those are all the favorites. Uh, but if you're looking a little bit lower down the leaderboard, I, I think Fitzy will come up with another good one, and I like Valerie at twenty two to one. and I don't know how long well have we've made it this long into the conversation. We haven't even mentioned the fact that Eldrick's going to be playing, uh, allegedly in this event. And you can get Tiger 40 to one. Not that I think he's going to win, but he's obviously played well and won here before. Uh, but if healthy, uh, I'd like to see him make the cut and at least have a good good event.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's the bet for for Tiger is uh, is is to make the cut or not. I'm, and and I'm curious to see what the, that line is going to be. I, I have not seen it out as of yet. You mentioned Fitzpatrick, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, once a guy gets his first win on tour, then, and and that was his first win here on, on the States, um, in the States, uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, that monkeys off his back, right. It's like fresh air. It's like, you know, it's the pressure isn't there anymore, even though this is the open, it is going to be across the pond, but still. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm expecting Fitzpatrick to, to make some noise as well. And you could get him at 20 to one, uh, really quick before I let you go, uh, your, your thoughts on, on the live tournament right now. I, I mean, you know, we're sitting here we're talking about the John Deere, uh, very lackluster, not a lot of big names. Um, of course we know there are some big names that are teeing it up or have t- are, are teeing it up in, in Portland right now. This tour is about to come here by the way uh to new jersey and apparently we saw that there was a number of protesters in portland apparently there's going to be a slew of protesters um when uh when the live tour arrives here in in new jersey but you know it's it's uh it's the, i i've got some some big concerns here b- besides the political views on this but just like you know how how watered down now this john deere classic is mm-hmm. thinking about okay you know what what, what top players are playing on the Live Tour today, you know, would have been playing at the John Deere Classic. And so, and, and I think this is a sign of, of things to come, and it's really concerning to me.
4: Yeah, it's concerning, and, and I'm not, I don't think the John Deere Classic would have had a good field anyway, just because of the position that it is now that the Scottish Open next week's event is is an official PGA Tour co-sanctioned event with, with the European Tour. And that, right off the bat, really hammered the, the John Deere Classic, because there were some- who would stick around the week before going overseas um, and not play the Scottish Open? But now that the Scottish Open is an official PGA Tour event, you're seeing more and more people take this week off to so go over there. You know, the Rorys and Justins of the world who are still on the PGA Tour take this week off, Rom, Scheffler, etc. Um, as far as the others, whether Dustin Johnson or Patrick Reed, or Louis or Brooks Koepka would to play the John Deere, we'll never know, but it is disappointing to know that moving forward you're not gonna see any of these guys. You're not gonna see them the Open. You're not gonna see them at the John Deere Classic and you're not gonna see them at, at the Travelers. You know, I went last week and, and Brooks pulled out just before the event started. So it is disappointing. You are getting a little bit of a watered down um field because these guys are missing and, and quite frankly I'm glad you asked me about my feelings about that, as opposed to handicapping the event, because truthfully and in full transparency, I haven't paid any attention whatsoever to what's going on on the course at the live event. I don't want to watch it, I don't want to bet it, I don't want to cap it, but I know there are people out there doing so. But you know, these guys have no incentive to play. You know, each guy's different deal whether you're getting a hundred million dollars to play and not have to worry about where you finish, or you have to figure out where you finish and you get paid 10 times more than you would have gotten on the PGA tour. It's all absurd to me. Um, good for them for being able to, to to get a lifetime contract as much money as that is. And, you know, we're not in that position to know whether we would turn 100 or 200 million dollars down, but it's just very disappointing that they would do that and and ruin what good product you and I have come to love on the PGA Tour. And yeah, events like the Travelers and the Honda Classic are not going to see uh the 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 type of field that we're used to seeing because these guys are no longer eligible to play and yeah we're going to see them at the open and we're going to see them at next year's masters probably in the u.s and in pga championships but that's it you're, you know these guys are going to play sevens eight times a year and you're not going to see them and that's disappointing because whether you like them or not you're able to see a dustin and a brooks and, and and a bryson that's what i wanted to see last week and i didn't get to see that and that's Not just me, but, you know, the 8- and 10-year-olds that I see at the course that want to go see Dustin and Brooks and Bryson and and Patrick Reed, and they don't get to see them. That's disappointing. Uh, David, thank you so much
1: for spending some time with us this evening. Really do appreciate it. Enjoy your 4th of July with your your wonderful family. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Uh, You enjoy the holiday as well, and uh, have fun watching the John Deere.
1: You got it. David Behrman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Welcome back to Weekend Wager brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet, BetMGM Sports. Without further ado, it's been somewhat of a hiatus, but he's back. And that's Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports joins us. We're going to touch on a variety of of uh of of sports and and opportunities to win some money over the weekend lee how you doing welcome in
8: oh thanks so much yeah um for always a fun weekend uh, hopefully everyone celebrates and no one gets hurt <laughs> i stopped lighting off fireworks a long time ago um safety issues and then also one time i'll never forget this came back from north carolina i had a daughter who was there and drove through south carolina picked up like four or five hundred dollars worth of fireworks so you i'm gonna I've got three or four families coming over i'm gonna you know put on a little show started doing it and what happened a new neighbor that moved in literally he must spend twenty five thousand dollars he had a professional show that started went on for thirty five forty minutes so don't need to do that anymore
1: <laughs> wow yeah um I, I 4th of July reminds me of of J- JPP Jason pure Paul. I was hosting Sports Talk Radio yeah. in New York and and as you know, I'm I'm from Miami. So right. I had a friend of mine who was at the hospital who texted me while I was on air here on the airwaves in New York and said, "Hey, yeah. I think one of your defensive linemen just came in. He like blew his hand off with fireworks." And I yeah. said, "Who?" And 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 she was a nurse and she said, "I can't pronounce his name." And I I said Jason Pierre-Paul, and she said, "Yeah, that's him." So I immediately reached out to the Giants, and I was like, "Hey, I have some concerning news here. You might want to check into it." And sure enough, they did. And 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 then and then that was all she wrote. But uh, nonetheless, yeah. Um, yeah, for folks out there that are, are playing around with fireworks, please be careful. We've got some Let fireworks. Of, we've got some right. fireworks of our own here, trying to help the people win some money. Which, by the way, what a great country we live in that you can wager on the hot dog eating contest but we'll save that for last let's talk about the nba a lot of moves have been made don't know where katie's going to be Kyrie either but i do love Dejounte murray going to the hawks man i love that um i love what the 76ers are doing gobert joins forces with towns in minnesota there's been some moves here Tell me what are some of your favorite futures bets that you're eyeing right now based on already one day into n b a free agency Lee
8: Well, you stole a little of my my thunder there that my my absolute long shot. It's still forty to one some places is the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they just lack toughness and experience and maybe a little talent. They just couldn't defend on the wings and uh with Murray coming over from San Antonio, they get a whole lot better. So, uh, you know, Miami just was better defensively, and I just think mentally they were stronger than Atlanta. And I think Atlanta really upgraded themselves. Another team uh, that did, and now is all of a sudden the favorite some places is, is Boston. I mean, bringing in Brogdon, you know, for really nothing. Uh, I think it certainly helps them. And there's a lot of teams. You just gotta you gotta pay your dues. That's what they say in the NBA. And I think Boston did that, and just they were close but not quite ready yet to win it. And I think that experience getting to the finals can certainly help them. And adding another uh, guard, combo guard, point guard, whatever you want to call them, I think is really going to upgrade them. And you want to take a shot at a team that no one's talking about, there's a chance. I have a feeling they might be the long shot to get KD It's the Dallas Mavericks, who are sitting at 16-1. to 1. If they can land a superstar uh, to put with Luka, I I think they are going to be a really tough out. So they might be able to find a center also, usually find one. And uh, uh, those are just some of the teams that I'm looking at. Still waiting for the Heat. The Heat's got to do something. They certainly have gotten weaker uh, in the last couple days.
1: Uh, again, Lee Sterling joining us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Listen, the Heat are one of the landing spots that Katie said he wants to he he yeah. he's, he would consider going to. It's the Heat or the Phoenix Suns. Um, and uh, had had Nick Firdell on the show earlier this evening and talking about you know well you know would would Bam be a part of that deal? Well, he can't be with Ben Simmons on the roster for the Nets but it doesn't mean that the Nets can't move Ben Simmons now so it's going to be really right. interesting to see how that all plays out uh so that's the NBA um we've got UFC 276 taking place uh on Saturday night what's your play there
8: yeah so um I like the two favorites obviously in the uh the two main the co-main events both championship fights and when I looked it's very important. Sometimes you see nothing, but sometimes at the weigh-ins you see something. I thought Max Holloway just looked like glassy-eyed. I mean, maybe the weight cut too much out of him. So when I see something, I'm usually right. I go with my first intuition there, and that's what I thought there. So Alexander Volkanov, looked great, and, and so did Israel Adesanya. A fight that I'm looking at, and you'll love the nicknames here too, is the featured preliminary bout, Jalen the Tarantula Turner Ooh. against Brad Quake Rydell. So you're probably thinking with Rydell, Rydell High, Greece, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So what's interesting about the Tarantula, Jalen Turner, he had arachophobia. He was so afraid of of any type of, you know, anything that crawled or anything, but he overcame it. What's crazy is... He has purchased 20, two, I'm sorry, not twenty, two hundred 200 pet tarantulas. God, that, given the nickname, that's why, why he changed his nickname. This guy's only 27, 6'3, and he has a 77 inch vertical leap, uh, inch reach here. He's going to be fighting a guy, a New Zealander, Brad Rydell, who's only 5'7, 71 inch reach here. So uh, with that reach advantage, I think he's really going to be able to do some damage here. Turner kind of under the radar. Um Rydell um you know just doesn't do anything really extremely well. So I think Turner can win you know by submission, I think he can win by strikes or decision. So um just think that uh, Turner's going to be too much for Rydell here and uh, I think Rydell's going to wish he was back in high school singing Grease Lightning. So we're going to go with Jalen the Tarantula Turner to sink his fangs here into Rydell early and often, most likely get the finish. He's minus uh, 150.
1: Go, Grease Lightning, go. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite song was Cool, Rider. I want a cool, cool, cool. Yeah, okay. Anyway, okay. enough enough of that. Um, there is football action taking place this weekend. It's not NFL. It's USFL, and it's their championship. Um, Birmingham against Philadelphia. Um, Birmingham, is it still minus four and a half? Are they favored? Is that the line yeah. you have? Yeah, yeah so. it, it
8: is. And I've gone four against Birmingham five times this year. Some people remember they played – except for the playoffs last week, all their games at home, so they've had a nice home crowd. And it went with them four times, and they covered every time. Went against them the last week, week of the regular season. They pulled a lot of starters, won, but did not cover. But this is a team that just doesn't beat themselves. And it seems like Philadelphia is one of those teams that needs uh, the, another team to to turn the ball over a lot or, uh, in last week's case, have a breakdown on special teams where Philadelphia had a punt return, 88-yard punt return, with two minutes to go to win the game. So Birmingham, I love their quarterback. I love this kid that he just, just doesn't turn the ball over, uh, dual-threat kid. Uh, he can, When he throws, he's pretty accurate. And, and if it's third and five, he doesn't see anything, pull it down. He can run for a first down. And they have the best kicker also, so they don't leave points on the board. I'm going to lay the four-and-a-half. I like Birmingham over Philadelphia Sunday night.
1: I like it as well. I've already laid it, so it's nice that uh, we're on the same page there. Um, in uh, let's let's go. Last but not least, uh, Lee, you, you know I know we're a month away from uh, from the NFL starting, but still, there's a lot of futures bets that you can yep. jump on right now. So, uh, and, and I know you have quite a few. Uh, so l- let's start. Let's 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 hit it out of the box strong. What's your favorite okay. futures bets right now uh, that you can get on?
8: First one is the Detroit Lions, believe it or not. i played them under many years, but I like them over six and a half here. Now, you have to remember it's over six and a half minus 115. Teams in the NFC will play nine home games this year. A lot of people don't realize that. Know the rules in anything before you start playing. And I mean, they lost six games last year by a touchdown or less. And also sometimes uh, addition by subtraction can be a big thing second year the coaching staff they had Anthony Lynn as their offensive coordinator I thought he was awful as a coordinator atrocious as a head coach he was uh, fired late in the season and Ben Johnson took over and I thought he did a good job and they were just it's so many injuries I mean uh, before the year even started last year and during the year they were playing guys third on the depth chart by the last four or five weeks they even won a couple games so I like Detroit over 6.5, and and I think that division um, with Chicago not getting any better and Green Bay, I think, decidedly worse. I think they've got a real good shot to win maybe even eight games. Um, Another total I'm looking at is Dallas under 10 wins, minus 110. You look at every position except for the health of Dak Prescott, uh, they're much worse. Their receivers much worse offensive line lost a couple guys defensive line and their pass rush shouldn't be as strong here they just were they they were really uh they couldn't do anything because of the cap and they were going into the season the off season uh just they they two they, they just didn't have ways that they could remedy that so i like them under 10 wins i like under 10 wins for san francisco under 10 -120 I don't think Trey Lance is ready. I just don't think he's the guy, and it's a tough division except for Seattle. So uh, I think San Francisco under. And then another over. I like the Dolphins over nine here. I think they win at least 10 games. I know the AFC is tough. I just don't see many totals I like uh, over or under there. But, I mean, they won nine games with a backup quarterback last year who was maybe one of the worst backups. We've seen in a decade they lost games to Jacksonville and Atlanta. Um, Their offense with Hill, uh, two new running backs coming in, two free agent signings on the offensive line. (laughs) They should at least win one more game than last year. I haven't pegged for at least ten wins. I like Miami over nine plus 105.
1: Um, out of those three that you just shared with us, I'm on the same page with you in in regard to the uh, the 49ers. In fact, earlier today on on Daily Wager, uh, that was my favorite under bet, and and I'm I'm with you. Like it, will, a few things here. Number one, I'm placing this believing in the reports from Adam Schefter and all the pests in the business that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded. Uh, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback for the 49ers, then I, I, I'm I'm off this bet. But Everything right. we're hearing, right? Everything we're hearing is that Jimmy's going to get traded, right? And, and and you know, understand, like, the 49ers gave up the, the, the kitchen sink. They gave up the farm to go get Trey Lance. Like, you know, it's, you, you, it's, it's not like, to me, what I'm hearing is it's the same situation of Jordan Love, but the Green Bay Packers wait until... You know, late in the first round to draft Jordan Love, he was still on the board, and they were like, okay, we'll take him. It, it's not like the 49ers, they gave up the world uh, to move up and to get that pick, and they took Trey Lance. Like, I, like, like uh, the pressure's on them. I think this has to be the year that he starts, and I'm hearing the same thing you are, Leah. I'm hearing that he's not ready. On top of that, right. you've got a disgruntled wide receiver in Debo Samuel. On top of that, their offensive line lost two key players, and they play in a competitive division, and oh, by the way... They've got a pretty hard schedule. I mean, they're going up against Kansas City, the Bucs, Denver, um, just to name a few. So I- I'm, I'm with you. That's probably one of my favorite prop bets out there, out there right now is the 49ers under 10.
8: Yep. Um, they're still good. They're still talented, but uh, everything seemed to go right for that team last year.
1: Um, last but not least, before I let you go, uh, just one more prop bet that I want to throw out here your way. And, and it's, it's probably one of my favorites and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers over seven. I think people are sleeping on, uh, on Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I, I think people yeah. still, it still think of him as that horrible quarterback in, in Chicago, which by the way, he wasn't horrible. He just, he had a head coach who didn't want him. Um, he had a horrible offensive line. He didn't have a lot of weapons like like it was just like it, it was it was horrible everything that I hear about him being the backup in Buffalo behind Josh Allen his maturity it practice he looked fantastic that Buffalo coaching staff felt like if anything did ever happen to Josh Allen they felt really confident that Trubisky was going to able to step in and win ball games for them. So I think Trubisky is going to surprise some folks on top of that. I like what I, I like what they did in the draft. Um and, and and arguably you can say that they could have a, a top five, top seven defense in the NFL. So I'm not saying that they're gonna win their division. I've got the Ravens winning that division, but I certainly think the Steelers can win over seven games this season. What say you, Lee?
8: I love the play also. Yeah, I think it's real strong. I can't you know, I can't give seven, eight plays, but it it, it is a really strong play. And remember, if Cleveland if they lose Watson for half the season or a season that's probably too easy wins. You, I mean, Trubisky really grew up. I think you know a lot mm-hmm. of people take it with a grain of salt. Uh, and they think a guy's finished once he has problems, but everything points to him being successful. And I mean, Pickett, I think might be a guy down the road, but uh, they need to win now. That offensive line was horrific last year. They improved the offensive line, and when I look at defenses, the key part of defenses: do you have someone on every level? that can make plays. They have one or two guys on the defensive line. They have at least one linebacker that can make plays in space. And I'm not just talking about interceptions. They have guys that when it's third and five, they can make a tackle uh, before the first down marker. And then in the secondary, they, they have at least one superstar that can make plays. So, And a coach that, you know, everyone thinks every year, you know, oh, this is the year they have that great fallout. Uh, and fall off. I, I I don't see it. I think I think Pittsburgh's going to be right there. And yeah, Baltimore should be much better. I mean, they were the, probably the most injured team in the NFL last year. But it's not like they they went out and all of a sudden are that much better talent-wise. So um, you know, the team still is Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's going to be really good with Joe Burrow. He's just so steady, so consistent. Um, but hey, nothing says that that maybe Pittsburgh or Baltimore don't make it in his wild cards.
1: Great stuff as always, Lee. Always appreciate you. Lee Sterling, make sure you check him out at Paramount Sports. Lee, before we let you go, uh, let the listeners know exactly where they can find you, your website, all your information, please.
8: Well, uh, UFC has been our bread and butter the last couple months. Not not that baseball hasn't been great in basketball, too, but uh, we've got a card. It's a total of eight selections, uh, eight selections on this huge UFC maybe the most stacked card we've seen this year so you want to get involved eight selections just 57 dollars, and we rate our selections for anywhere from 10 to 75 units we have a 50 and a 75 unit selection only the second time ever in the history of selections we've given out so you want to get involved just go to paramountsports.com
1: fantastic great stuff as always again lee sterling joining us here on, uh, on Weekend Wager. That about concludes our show. I want to thank Nick Friedle, who joined us earlier, as well as uh, David Berman, and of course, Lee Sterling. Uh, just a reminder, I'm back tomorrow, an extended show. I'm on with you from noon until 3.30 tomorrow. Um, obviously, a uh, deep dive into all that's going on in, in the NBA and NBA free agency. What's the latest with the Nets, the Knicks, all of that. We'll be taking your calls. So everybody, have a great night, and uh, again, back with you tomorrow, right here, high noon, on 98.7 ESPN. Again, this show brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI,